Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and we are sitting May 1st already. Unbelievable. And it's a beautiful day. Yesterday, a great day. So nice to see people out. Uh, lots of people getting flowers. Lots of people getting all their soil amendments, getting their beds ready, getting the lawn fertilizer. All that all that other good stuff that uh, we get going into spring. So now is the time. The weather looks actually really good for the next couple of weeks. So um, it's time. I think spring has sprung. I know we got our first truck of trees and shrubs and perennials will be arriving this week. We started getting our annuals in a little bit. A lot of the hardier stuff, pansies, petunias, snapdragons, and Actually, we got quite a good selection already, but this next week we'll load right up. And so by next weekend, well, we should look like a, a fully stocked garden center <laughs> as long as the weather cooperates. Like I think they're saying 27 degrees this week, so it's kind of crazy. And then sort of gets back into a bit of normality, but uh, um, it will be warm this week. And I'm going to bring up Jen on the line. Good morning, Jen. Hey, good morning, Merle. Who needs normal anyway, right? We'll take some heat. Yeah, actually, it looks like it actually normaled out here. I just look at the forecast, sort of mm. between 17 and 20 sort of thing for okay. the next couple of weeks. So we can live with that. That's, That's perfect right. gardening. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, so yeah. you guys are climatizing. We have a, a bunch of stuff out in our cold frames, and those are the houses that we use to, to climatize a lot of our plants before we send them out to our customers. Mm-hmm. So uh, you you have your you have your cold frames, the, the greenhouses uh, for the annuals, or they're getting for full sure. of what you're about half full sort of thing, a third? Yeah, something like that. The ladies are rolling the carts out already this morning, so it's nice enough out to do that. So when you talk about hardening off, that's... Uh, it's exactly what we're doing. We're getting those guys out for the daytime, and we'll bring them back in. Yeah, I went by yesterday. I went and just sort of felt the pansies, and uh, you could just feel their leaves. Like, they've been out there for a few days now, and they're just, they crisp right up, which is really nice. To, it just <laughs> feels good. They do. You know? Beautiful. No, it's beautiful. We have all kinds of plants, too. Just uh, I know somebody, Biddens last year seemed to be the big plant that people wanted as their stuffer in their containers. And so we do have some biddens in already. We've got, we've got lots, Merle. That, yeah. Biddens are, they're okay. Name some people love, I, I just, I despise them to be honest. <laughs> like I just, I didn't see you going there. Really? <laughs> I know. I don't know. You know, you have one plant that you just kind of, ah, eh, really? One, yeah. It, Cause it kind of dries out a little bit. Like it kind of, yeah, I, I just find it, it needs lots of work. Oh, so Merle, it's, it's, it's because you don't like it. You probably just ignore it, yeah, and that's, that's why it dries true. out, right? No, that's probably true. They're pretty cute. Yeah, yeah no, no. That I guess, it, yeah, depending on what variety, too, I think, so. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, know. we have some bidens in. If anybody does like bidens, come on in. <laughs> we can show you where they are. And we have containers. I know uh, people have been already buying the the um, the containers, the hanging baskets. I saw a succulent hanging basket. Customer had two of them. Fuchsias. They're gorgeous. Did you get any fuchsias in yet? Fuchsias. We do have fuchsias in, absolutely. Hanging oh, baskets nice. and in pots. Um, we have all the things, I feel. You know, lobelia is in already. Hmm? You have a full uh, array of the veggies? Veggies? Not slowly. Um, I think we do have cucumbers well, we have in right now. Bro- like, we have all the broth. What do we have, you think, in veggies? Like Le- uh, lettuce. lettuce, for sure. We have lettuce, we have Broccoli. peppers. 
tomatoes, uh, leeks I bought uh, myself (laughs) because I like just planting all of those things. Um, What else is down there in terms of, uh, gosh, it was so fast yesterday. Cabbage? I feel no. I feel the answer to that is no. Okay. So that stuff will all be coming this week. I know we got trucks coming from everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. And most of our stuff is Alberta grown, which is which is good. And so we have a bunch coming in from our greenhouse partners that grow with us here in Alberta. Thank and you. So which yep. is which is great. We try to um, utilize our our homegrown talent where we can, obviously. And uh, and this year is going to be a challenge for all the garden centers. So <clears throat> you're going to see. Those some of those pop up guys and some of that. <clears throat> I'm going to suggest that yeah, support your local garden centers. Not only just spruce it up. We have there's lots of great garden centers here mm-hmm. that are here year round, and we're the ones that support your hockey teams, your ballet teams, and every <laughs> other. Oh, you know, like you know, like if you mm-hmm. can't tell me charities and things that we support, like it's mm-hmm. a ton, and I'm not looking for a pat on the back, but it is nice when we get the support, and it's sometimes frustrating. There's a couple growers that come into the area and they just dump their product here, and it's just it's it's uh, it's a bit frustrating, right? And it's for, sure. uh, um, for the local guys that we do work hard for for with the community on a year-round basis so and we do rely on the support of the community back so mm-hmm. uh, hopefully uh, everybody does that and uh, we have a great spring so i'm i'm really looking forward to it uh, we've never been more prepared and i was even talking Feels to good. anna upstairs mm-hmm. um our she's our buying manager and and anna goes merle huh. she goes i don't i don't feel panicked yeah <laughs> and i just said like I said, I know it just feels so good. Like we're just everything's under control. We're receiving. We've developed some new processes mm-hmm. over the last couple of years, and so we're ready for spring. And uh, and from what I see, there's a, a, a customer that was in yesterday, and they were at another garden center before us, and they had some great looking plants as well from them. So I, again, like I I like when I see that. If you're buying from the from the garden centers, support us. And uh, I think that's great. And there's, like I said, there's lots to choose from on oh, each end sure. of the city. So, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. and most people, the garden center people do a tour, I find. Like, they like to go <laughs> check out a bunch of them, which is pretty cool. So, it is pretty cool. And we do have our regulars, and it is nice to see everybody. Um, and so, thank you to everybody that comes and supports us. I, we have the people, there are a couple of guys in yesterday, and I said, oh, I haven't seen them since last season because they, you know, they're not, super into tropical plants at least that i know of and and, but perennial season oh they're all over in in annual season so it was nice i said oh it's time but they they're regulars here and it was it was lovely to see their faces yeah yeah and uh i know terry and terry's uh um i know he has some plans for the perennial and tree lot this year i know his mind's going 500 miles an hour right now for sure so even you don't know it when you see terry he looks like he's calm Sometimes I have to check if he's breathing. <laughs> like the, the duck on the water, right? <laughs> he doesn't get too excited, right? So, uh, but I know inside his head's, head's going. So it's uh, I know he's setting up benches and get the irrigation going yesterday and blah blah blah. So mm-hmm. the perennial house, I know he has a bunch of new selections that he has coming in this year for us. A lot more grasses than we've had in the past, 
and a few different varieties. I know uh, Terry's dug deep into some of the availability, so I'm really excited to see what's going to go on there. Yeah. And uh, and then Jen and I have the great annuals and all that stuff. So again, ready ready for the season. So yes, very much so. And so it's and it's been nice for everybody coming in too. They were super excited and getting set up set up. We have the pots too and the window boxes already in so people are getting that out of the way. And I've had people say, Oh, I missed out last year, so I'm just getting it now. <laughs> so and you could keep it inside for a little bit. Um it's still a little cool to leave everything outside. Still pretty cool actually. Yeah, no, you gotta watch the overnight temperatures for sure. This is this is the time of year when we're gardening it it is it is challenging where we're different mm-hmm. than places. But overnight tonight like it's plus eight right there out right now, so which is more than good you could have left your stuff out last night but you don't want to get too close to like that two three it gets a little bit tender if you have especially have begonias canna lilies um impatience all those ones you got to be a little bit careful Mm -hmm. so yeah um just gotta watch right that's that's the tricky part of gardening here that's what makes us so um so wise and witty right (laughs) yeah (laughs) kind of playing around dancing with it so when people start on the annuals, maybe we'll, let's we should give them a couple tips. Um, I think if you're going to be putting it out into a sunny spot, you want to make sure you have a nice big container, like upsize your pot, so that way it's going to look good all the way till August and September for you. If you have it too small, calories, our our summers are quite it gets quite warm, and then the sun mm-hmm. it's quite intense. They can dry out quite easily, eh? Oh, for sure. I know last year was a big issue for a lot of people. That's a great tip, Merle. It's true, being aware of the size of your pot and the soil that you're putting in there, too, just in terms of water retention so that you don't yeah. have to work as hard for your for your biddens. I, I've, <laughs> well, then maybe the biddens will look nicer, too. Um, <laughs> but that but that is a big one. Like I see so many times that people get that little tiny urn on their front step and it's self-facing. Right. It looks good for a couple of weeks in early May. But then by June, July, they're dried up and crusty, and mm-hmm. they just go, oh, it's too hot. Well, no, it's not too hot. You just got to get the right pot. Um, so upgrade your, your pots or something to a little bit bigger. And then you don't need to buy 10, right? Two is going to give you the the look that you want. So, mm-hmm. so those are some of the things that I look for. Um, deadheading is super important. Um, as, your, as your flowers come up and, and they wilt and go, Keep picking them off, like pick a day or two uh-huh. a week where you get to go out. It and it's so good for your mind too, right? It's just when you get out Isn't there, you just, yeah. Two hours can go by you to sort of do some deadheading and yeah. stuff like that. Therapeutic so, for sure. And what about fertilizing? When would you fertilize your annuals? Um, if you transplant them, I would start fertilizing like once you get into June. Um, most of the soils have enough nourishment. You can give them a shot the very first time, mm-hmm. like after you water them in, just to get that. And I recommend the 15, 30, 15. And right. again, that's good for blooming and your roots. So that gets your roots going. And then it'll also start getting the phosphate built up in that soil and, uh, and help you encourage blooming, um, for the whole season. And again, weekly, I would like fertilize. I I'd usually do it once a week with my pots. Mm-hmm. Me too. And, uh, that gives you, and don't over mix it. Like don't go like follow the directions. If it says one scoop per liter, just stick with that. Because then, um, if you do get some on the foliage, if you go too strong, you're gonna end up burning your foliage. So just just follow the directions and and do that uh, 
that weekly fertilizer and do it right after you water and uh, you'll have great looking plants like all the way into September. So, mm-hmm. and that's, and then it's worth the investment. Once you think about that, like well, I spent 200 bucks on plants, but if they last all the way through, that's pretty cheap, pretty cheap well, entertainment. For sure it is. Yeah. Especially how beautiful they are. We, last year we were talking about when they actually filled in. Remember we talked about spacing and people were concerned with how sparse everything looks in the beginning, but um, it's just, you wait, it's coming fast. Oh, they right. fill in so fast. So yeah, it's uh, so super important. Um, any other tips that you'd like to pass on, Jen, and from your side? Oh, well, the hardening off is something that's been coming up um, quite a bit. Hardening off is something that you do, especially here in Calgary, when you've yeah. been having your plants inside. So that's a super important one. So if you put them out all day and leave them out all day right now, they're probably not going to be super happy. So you have to do it in little doses. And you can take kind of over the time frame of maybe a week to, to get them out there, put them out for an hour, maybe two hours the next day, keep them in the shade, don't go out on a windy day, um, that'll dry it right out quickly because they're so tender to start. Um, yeah. But our stuff here, uh, you know, they've they've been hardened off unless they're out in the warmer uh, greenhouse. Yeah. Um, but, well, you know, we can easily walk you, you through that. Still rule of thumb, begonias and patients, not until the first week in June, the plant yeah. outside. Like, yeah. you can put them in pots, put them outside, but make sure you can bring them in um, with those ones because mm-hmm. there's still a chance we might get our... <laughs> the old don't say don't it out loud, Merle. I don't want to. Uh, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not too worried about Jinkton. I I feel good about this year. We're no, we're it's, summer. Yeah. We had a, we had our winter season. Now we're moving into spring. And now we're going to go into summer. So I I feel good. So let's it's let's time. go with that. Okay, love it. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Jen. I'm going to let you get back thanks, to work. Merle. And I'm going to take a break here, and then we're going to take some calls. We got lots of texts. So. Thanks again, Jen. We'll chat with you soon. And uh, everybody go visit Jen down at Spruce It Up. She's down there every day. And I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, greet it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I'm going to go to the full line, and we're going to go to Barbara. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning. How are I, you doing today? Um, I have a problem. i done it again. I started my tomatoes too soon. Now, Okay. Uh, I've transplanted them. Uh, this is the third time now into bigger containers. Okay, Some what of them size are pots are you into inches now? tall, whatever. Okay. Well, I can't put them outside yet. Can I whack the tops off? You, you can pinch them back, but when you plant, when you transplant them, like, are you burying them? Like, I bury them two thirds. Like, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, then... I, I put them in deep. Okay, good. Yeah, you need to bury. So if it's like 12 inches, you only leave like four, three or four inches sticking out of the top. Bury yeah. eight inches. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So if I, if I, how much of the top um, can like I pinch off? Like for, the next couple, for the next weeks, it looks like our evenings aren't going to, like you're not freezing. Like, so most of the time you can leave them outside, but then we get closer to May 9th on next Monday, like next Monday, it says minus one. 
So those are the ones you got to watch. But this coming week, I would just leave them outside for most of the week. Just watch the temperatures and well, if see, it I have them. I I start my plants under growing lights, and that's what they're un, under now. Okay, yeah, so I, I would uh, I would start I would put them out on days like this, but don't put them in full sun. Like put them yeah, on yeah. the east location. Because if you just throw them right out in the full sun, they'll just get burnt up. Oh, I know. Um, and and don't put them. Watch for the wind, even on days like this, especially in the mornings, because um, the, the the wind can have an ice element to it if it gets going early on. Yeah. So, but for the most part, they can be outside for like the good majority of the days, and just watch the evenings. Anything above that four to five, you're you're fine with your tomatoes. Okay, but if I keep them now still under my growing lights, um, I'm still not sure how much to snip off the top. Um, like how if they're in sixteen inch pots, like how tall are they? Uh, the plants, some of them are sixteen inches, some of them are twelve inches, some are eight. They're all different variety of. And tomatoes. are they? And are any of them like the cherry tomatoes, like the sweet one hundreds, where they're supposed to get really tall? No. Okay, yeah, I would even just um, do. You, are you using a tomato cage or anything with them? Oh no, not yet. I don't have room under the lights. Yeah, so I would get them out of the lights and just start putting them outside. Okay. Getting some real light to them and the air and that, because right now if you're doing so much of that light, it's just forcing a bunch of growth on them, and. And I would sort of get them into some more real light, get them climatized, yeah, get them okay. slowing down. They need some cooler temperatures. They're probably just nice and warm, and those lights are just growing like crazy. Yeah, they are. Yeah, so you need to start slowing them down, and uh, and then that would make a big difference. Okay, will do. Thank you. All righty. Okay. You're welcome. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, and where I'm at for time, I'm still good. Got a couple of quick texts I'll do as well. I had one from uh, Don earlier just asking if it's time to prune his lilacs. And I was, it's better to wait unless you're removing dead or damaged or disease branching on your lilacs. Wait till you're just done. Um, to just when just when they finish blooming is the time to prune them, and then. But I did have another um, texter asking about pruning back a uh, Miss Kim lilac or dwarf Korean lilac, and she they want to see more of the trunk because it was a topiar one. But if you're doing that kind of pruning right now, is fine. If you're doing some shaping and removing of branches so they want to expose more of the bar or more of the trunk again, absolutely that kind of stuff you can do now. So but if anything, if you bloom if you're pruning on top, you're gonna lose those blooms for this season. So you want to ensure that you don't do that for sure. And I think I got time to do one quick call. I'll do Darlene. Good morning, Darlene. Good morning, Merle. How can um, I help you? I just went out and did my lawn yesterday, and it's beautiful nice. thanks to Green It Up, except I've got some little voles in it. So my question to you is, do I have to get rid of the voles before I treat um, it? No. Um, no, you can fertilize and do all The voles... Um, are you getting those little piles of dirt in your in your lawn? No, it's more of a tunnel, and it had a lot of thatch on top of it. So when I raised okay. my lawn, then that's when I found the little tunnels. 
Yeah, so they'll be gone now. So they just do that in the winter when we have our snow cover. They use it like a – I always joke, I say it's like a mini parkade for them because right. they can cruise around your yard without being spotted by predators like hawks and owls and things right. like that. So they're underneath there. So maybe next fall, just keep your grass a little bit lower um, in the fall. Do a good cleanup right now with the fertilizer unless they've taken it right down to the ground. Well, I would it's just pretty put deep. A, it's at least an inch. And I'm wondering if, like, I have soil I can put on top and then maybe just some grass seed. Yep. Just fertilize first. Put the soil on top of those little areas, a little bit of seed, and you'll be you'll be going like crazy. Okay, good. Oh, then any particular type of grass seed that I should use? Um, just we have the good mix that matches the sod. It's okay. a, it's a, it's called Manderley Quick Quick Row or something like that. I can't remember the exact name, but okay, the brand good. we carry is blended for all the sod and calorie. Okay, right. All right. Good. Thanks so much. Right. I really appreciate your service. Just to tell you, I just got back from Mexico and I have beautiful bougainvilleas down there. Uh, going to, and I could, I can hear, I can get your show down there as well. So it's lovely. Awesome. <laughs> Let's Thanks do it. Thanks so much, Mark. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye bye. All right, I need to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go right to the phone line. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And I'm going to go to Dave. Good morning, Dave. Hello. How can I help you, Dave? Yes, I went and I bought uh, some canna lily and begonia bulbs. Is it all right to keep them uh, in the bottom part of the refrigerator in the crisper? Yeah, they don't really need... Are you going to plant them up, though, or...? Oh, yeah, I'm going to plant them like begonias. I usually end up uh, the first week in June to plant yeah, them. Yeah, I would even... If you can plant them sooner, like if you started them in the house... You'll you'll get a lot more like it'll start um, a lot earlier for you. Then you'll be further along by the time summer comes along. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, but you I can't gotta... just keep them in a cool place. Um, they don't necessarily have to be in a in a fridge or anything like that. But just the coolest place you have, and they'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. Now I got a friend that uh, cuts a dead ball out of the bush for the wood. Yep. Now is it all right to take that those wood chips and that and and when you I dig the begonia bulbs up and the candle lily bulbs to put no the, no how come no um, because that's raw wood and when you put raw wood and that in your soil it'll take all the nutrients out because it no, needs no. the nitrogen no. and that to decompose no no not so not, if you if not unless it's my... really aged like. Yeah, well, it's aged. There's no bark on the trees. <laughs> okay. If it's really old deadwood and you know that it's been sitting for three or four years or something, you'll, you'll be fine. Um, but I just worry that it's um, – if it does need to decompose, it just – I've just seen it so many times. It just takes all the nutrients out of, out of, uh, out of the soil. Yeah, but what I was – meaning to say I was to put the bulbs into into the that uh, wood chips and that for for over winter 
Oh, um, I would use, you probably could, but you don't know what kind of diseases and stuff. There's probably a lot of fungus and stuff in there from the forest. I would okay. probably just use straight sawdust or something like that, like or peat moss or cocoa oh. moss, something okay. that's a bit more controlled. So you some, bring something like that, you might be bringing on all kinds of fungus. Bugs in. Yeah. yeah. Now, I went and I bought some 20-20-20. Is that all right for a... Uh... That's great stuff. Yep. Okay. That's good. That's I... probably the best all-purpose fertilizer, um, and we carry that as well. It, it's... It's uh, yeah. it's the best, like I said. If yeah, you're just I bought for... some at the, I bought some at the store there, and I got looking at the different numbers and that, and I said, "Well, Merle always said twenty, 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 or fifteen, yeah. fifteen, thirty, fifteen, or something." Yeah, you know. So I said, "I'll take the twenty, twenty, twenty. So yeah, no, that's a, it's a great all purpose. It has a a good well balance of of all three, so the up, down, all around. So yeah, okay, you're good then. to go. Thank you very all much. All right, thanks, Dave. Have a good day. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And I'm going to go to, and I got time. We're going to go to Brenda. Good morning, Brenda. Good morning, Brenda. Um, Hi, Brenda. How are you doing? Good, good. How can I help you? You've mentioned this before, but I missed it. I'm sorry. Desatch first or aerate first on your spring cleanup on Um, your lawn? Well, I would... I would probably dethatch first and make sure you water really well before you aerate. Um, cause, so that way they're able to, when they do the aeration, they're able to get good deep plugs out of it. If, if, it's, if you haven't watered or if the soil's really dry, the aerator just kind of bounces on the top and you only get like half inch um, plugs. You want to okay. get good one or two inch plugs. So if, you, if your soils, if you watered it really well before they come and do it, it yeah. uh, it you know they'll get down nice and deep and pull nice deep plugs. But if they are aerating and desatching at the same time, would you want to have it soft and watered um, prior to desatching? Um, yeah, I definitely would. Yeah, and it's a little bit harder when if you give it too moist with the dethatching because it can tear it up. Yeah. Um, and typically, I would I would alternate. I probably wouldn't do both each year. Like I'd oh. like. I, I only basically power rake. I very rarely um, aerate because I just I like to just top dress and my my lawn's fairly decent. Okay. Um, I just find the dethatching, and when you have a good healthy lawn, um, I don't need the need for for aeration unless it gets really hard, and okay. and then it also I just. If you have some bigger lawn areas, you have irrigation things in the middle that go over top. So yeah. it's just to, and to do it properly, it needs to be moist. So I would book my power raking early, and then even once the grass is growing, I would do the plugs like later on in May. Okay. Like it's just a separate time, even when it's up and growing a bit, and when it's totally thawed out, and then they yeah. can pull plugs, and they disappear so quickly. Like after yeah. they're done, it, 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 yeah. it, it's fine. So, okay. Thanks so so ideally, but I know it's convenient for the lawn care company. So I'm going to get some of them probably hate what I say, but yeah. it, it's just to really aerate properly. It should be moist. Get those good deep plugs. Power raking right now is the per- perfect time for that. Get in, do the power raking, removing the thatch, get your fertilizer in there, start watering, 
and then aerate in a couple of weeks. Right. So you think I can convince my guy to come back to aerate? <laughs> I would, if if you could, okay. but yeah. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna hate me. Sorry. Okay. Thanks. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And. I'm going to take a quick break. Again, if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go right to the phone line. We're going to go to Don. Good morning, Don. Hello. Hi, Don. How can I help you? Well, I've got a juniper, and it's 25, 30 years old, and it's just got too big. I've uh, kept it down. It's maybe six feet across, and, you know, it's a ball shape. Yeah. Can that be cut back any? Um, A little bit, but it just, like, you're talking on the, on the pine? Yeah. It's... Is it just is it sending up these leaders that are going astray on you, or is it just? I have kept it trimmed into a ball, and it's just you know it gets that old, it gets a lot pretty big. Yeah. So when the when those so when all those new fingers come out, I find that's the best time. So yeah, I've, I've done that. Here, I've cut the new growth, but can yeah. you cut that? You can't cut into the old growth, can you? Not a ton, because it, it it they take a long time to really um, send out new growth on those, you end up with a bunch of dead spots. Okay. Um, so, yeah, unless, yeah, I really don't recommend it a whole lot because they just, they never really seem to, to yeah, come I, back I, to that's a what point. I thought, but I thought I'd check. Okay, thank yeah, you. so just on the new growth, though, just really keep that tight. Yeah, and, uh, I do that. And then that'll thicken up. But, yes, yep. sorry about that. Okay. All right, Thanks. take care. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. And then I got a quick text. Morning. Love the show. Been cleaning my garden. I have ornamental blue grasses. I've been raking out the yellow grass and notice that they're coming out in clumps. They don't appear to have a root system. Yeah, you got to be careful with those early on. Um, I would just cut them back. I would say they're probably still going to come up from the root. Um, but those you do got to be a little bit careful um, in the spring cleaning. So sometimes I kind of leave them until they get, they'll grow through their old growth a bit. And then you can kind of clean out the dead stuff on those um, compared to some of the other grasses, like a Carl Forester or things like that, where you just cut them right down to the ground. So I would, um, I think I would just do that to just be careful and, uh, and but I do think they'll still you'll still get some coming up from the root. I hopefully. All righty, all right. And I, she did have a text from last week, and I didn't think I got it. I am seventy five, working in the garden. My bad choice, bad decision. However, I vote grabbing government poll. Oh, okay. Reactions. Okay, that wasn't for me. That was for somebody else. That was more on the political show. I just seen gardening on there. So I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to go to Mary. Good morning, Mary. Hi, Mary. Good morning, uh, Merle. I've got two quick questions about your product, Pure Spray Green. Okay. 
Okay. First of all, do I need to reapply it after rainfall or watering? Um, and what are you using it for? Okay, I talked to you last year, and I have a scale on hollyhocks. You okay. recommended this, and I've I've sprayed the new shoots quite thoroughly last week. Okay, um, they should be good, but the scale and on your hollyhocks, but you're you're going to cut them right down. Oh, they've been cut down. Yes, this is all the new little leaf growth. Okay, so hopefully if you did a really good job cleaning up, I would really spray the soil good. Okay. And and the scale actually comes each season. So it'll come from, they start out as a fly, uh-huh. and then they land, and then when they land, they kind of put that scale on top of the, over top of them, protect them, and then they sit there and they can suck the juices out of your plants for the whole season. Yeah. So um, give them a little shot like right now. But yeah. you got to wait, and it's sort of... Um, it's typically, and I'll, I'll go over this with Mark. He's calling in in a bit from Prune It Up. They, there's a group of arborists that kind of watch the hatch. It's sort of like fly fishermen, right? When they watch the hatch of mm-hmm. certain bugs. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they come release, but typically it's mid-June is when you want to spray. So when they're actively growing, okay. um, I'll probably say that would be a better time, Mary. Oh, okay. So I, I've already done it last week, but I can just yeah, leave that Yeah, that won't hurt it because and then, they also get powdery mildew, so yeah. it's good to get that in there to help prevent that as well because it works really good as a fungicide and a pesticide. So Okay, so mid-June for the next one. Yeah, and keep listening. I'll try and mention, I, I know Mark um, is going to call in a few times throughout the, the spring and summer here just to let people know when to spray on some of this stuff. Yeah. Um, because we, we kind of watch the hatch of the bugs. This year seems to be delayed a little bit more, so it might be a little bit later. But uh, we'll try and keep track of that and uh, make sure we pass it on to everybody. Okay, that's terrific. Thank you very much. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, and I'm going to go to Alice. Good morning, Alice. Good morning, Merrill. How can I help you? Um, I have hard, hard soil. It's really like you've walked on it. <laughs> it's getting really hard. <laughs> the last thing I used was um, I've used a mushroom compost. Um, I got a truckload the first time, and then uh, is this in um, the in your garden, like in a raised yeah, bed in, or in a in garden beds? Okay, it's right in the like the ground. Okay, and um, so like. How I thought I would just put some compost or something in it, and how far down do I dig that in? Well, or maybe you want to get down as deep as you can. Too. So what? So what I would do is dig it really deep, like if you get a good garden fork, yeah. and then make the like get down good eight, ten, twelve inches if you can, and then bust it up once, and then turn it over again, and then add in um, a good compost. You know what? I'm going to help you out, Alice. I'm going to give you a big yellow bag of some of their wonderful soil amendment that you can get in there. Oh, and... wow. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, that's and, great. I uh, can't afford one of those. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're great. They're actually, once you, once you get one, you realize like, they're pretty affordable. And, but they are, yeah, they can be a little bit, but they're, they're great stuff. So, um, our good friends at Eagle Lake Landscape Supply are going to deliver one of those right to your house, Alice. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so Thank you so much. We, yeah, when you order, when you talk to them, we'll we'll put you on hold here. 
just let them know what you want to do with it when you order it and and then they'll make sure they get the right product for you. You mean sounds what? like okay, you probably want the black you. probably want the black gold is what I'm thinking. Black gold? Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, and then um, if I'm going to add dirt, like, should I dig down at the fence and put a moisture barrier, like that plastic black material? Or no, you don't want to put any plastic down there. No, okay. I would just dig dig the beds up and add this the amendment with the big yellow bag when you get it, and then mix that in. Just thoroughly mix that in really good, and that'll make all the difference. Oh, great. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to put you on hold, and Renee's going to take your get your name and number can i ask one more question of course my sweet peas are about six inches tall can i get them out today yeah absolutely they can go outside now okay, yeah they're that's pretty great. hardy so thank you, you should so be good much to go. thank you alice and i'm just gonna put you on hold and renee will get your number and our good friends at eagle lake landscape supply will deliver a big yellow bag directly to alice's house all right it's that easy just and you can go to their website and you too can order one of those up and it's really very very easy to do all right and i need to take a break you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr welcome back to let's talk gardening i'm Merle coombs and i'm going to go to the phone line if you'd like to join me phone lines are open 403 nine seven four eight two five five i'm going to go to tracy good morning tracy good morning merle um i i I think i have a problem um what i did merle is i started all my tomatoes and i wanted to do some of the tumblers so that i could just hang them by our doors and easy for the kids to reach and what have you and then i have some of the regular ones like for the for my big planter in between transplanting them all, I mixed them all up. And I I have just sat and tried to look in every way to see if I can see any differences in them, and I can't. Does your wise knowledge, do you have anything to direct <laughs> me to separate them and figure out which is which? The tumbler, the the branches, when they get bigger, will be a lot tighter. Like Like each leaf segment will be a lot closer together. So the leaves will look the same, but they're they'll be a lot closer. Like the spaces between, as you go down the branch, they'll be a lot closer. And that's all um, I've got. Hey. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like and then once, but they will start hanging. Like once they get as they grow, the tumbler, its growth formation will start going downwards. Like they typically will can hang over, and your other okay. one should go straight more upright. Yeah. See, and and. Yeah, okay. I don't know that's going to help me too much, but maybe because, of course, as they're getting bigger, they're starting to tip because I don't have them, you know, really well staked yet. Yeah. Um, but I think I'll just watch for the leaves. So each stem. Yeah. So like said, the tumbler, yeah, and the leaf is a little bit tighter. It's a little bit more compact. Okay. Um, and as the other ones start growing, like the, the leaf itself is bigger. You know what? I think I'm seeing that now Now that I'm, cause I'm looking at them while I'm talking to and I think that I'm seeing the tumbler ones now. And those leaves are a lot closer. And the leaf yeah. is just ever so slightly smaller. I, yeah. yeah. Okay. Especially and when they're I, small. And as they get bigger, it becomes more evident. 
But that's the best way. Like they're just really tight, and uh, like you said, your larger ones will have a bigger leaf span and things like that. So. And then we're going away until the 26th, and I was just going to leave everything under the grow lights and what have you. And that's not too late to get everything outside, isn't it? That's why. No, totally fine. Yep. Okay. And And you have someone watering them for you, or? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Long time. (laughs) <laughs> that would be the end. It wouldn't matter which is which by then, would it? Yeah, um, no, and no, yeah, your girl, right? Yeah, no, Merle, totally our, fine. Our um, Ohio buckeye, which is absolutely, I can never thank you enough for that beautiful tree. It is, it is, I, when it's in bloom in the spring, I actually phone and text people and say, you need to come and see this. It's so unbelievable. Aren't they beautiful? It is, it's just stunning actually that we can even have something so luscious and thick and beautiful here but it's so happy there and we have so much concrete that I think it's growing a little faster than expected we need to trim some of those lower branches because they're kind of right at eye height right now um we've got the buds or have already set on the tree now is it too late do I need to wait or when should I I just um, want to if you're removing the whole branch and that it's fine right now totally fine um, so you could do that. Um, just just ensure that you're not um, like going up too much into it where you don't want to lose any of those blooms and stuff. But if you're, if you're just raising up the the, the limbs, it, right now is perfect time. You can totally do it. Yeah, I and just want to take them in like about 12 inches. That's all. I don't want to really – like I don't want to take off any full branches. Okay. Okay. So when- Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're reducing, so you're going to lose the blooms on those ones that you do that. Of course. Um, so you might want to wait till after it's done blooming, let it leaf out, and then totally see where it is, and then then do a bit of structure pruning at that time. And that's still okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. When they're All fully right. leafed out, is actually yeah. You might want to just wait for that because then you kind of see exactly where it is and see make sure you didn't get any any winter desiccation or anything either. Okay. Well, again, thank you for that recommendation. It is, it's just, I think that my most favorite thing in my entire world is that tree. It's some beautiful. So, so and it'll be yeah, you don't realize soon. how, cause it kind of, it's kind of gnarly looking in the winter time, right? They're kind of uh, like the kind of look unique. Uh, but then once they, the spring, you get those big fat buds and then the blooms and yeah, they're awesome. I love them. Well, and I think the thing that I actually like is that gnarly winter look. It's very artistic and very, you know, out of the movies. And, you know, <laughs> it's, it's that tree that always has a staying on it, you know, in an office. Yep. It's, uh, yep. it's, yeah, year round. So thanks. All right. Have a good day. Awesome. Thanks, Tracy. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah. And another thing you'll get, we, we nicknamed it uh, the Prairie Maple years ago in the tree lot. We had... Uh, a gentleman Simon and a couple other guys that were working in the tree lot back then, and we nicknamed that one the Prairie Maple, and because you'll get beautiful um, fall colors in the Ohio Buckeye, and you get these big white blooms in the springtime, and then you also it's part of the chestnut family, so you'll get these uh, um, nuts on the tree that are all pointed, they have all prickles on them, but they're they're just a gorgeous tree hardy not super fast growing but they are um they do great in our climate and they're just they're that front yard feature tree that you can just plant it by itself don't plant it in clumps because you want to enjoy that tree itself and uh and let it go and do its thing so 
Anyways, that is awesome, and I'm getting close to where I need to take a break. If you'd like to join me after the break, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to bring Mark on the line. He's from Prune It Up. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Good. I see you and the crew are out usually nice and early in the mornings now, getting out, and you're starting fertilizing, you're pruning, you're doing everything. What's going on? Well, the season has changed, right? It's that time <laughs> to to get ready, and and uh, everyone's getting out in their yards, so they're starting to to see things that need to be done a little bit more than you know, than how it was in the winter, not uh, not walking around checking things out, right? Yeah. So right now, it's, it's still a really good time to get out and just inspect your trees. They're not leafed out, and you can kind of see. So it's a little easier for the homeowner to see and for us to see if there's any issues, crisscrossing branches, disease, things like that. So what what do you what are you still looking for at this time of year? So we're going out there. We're looking for branches that may have broke broken off over winter from wind. Um, you know, you're looking for you know black knot fungus. If you're if you're looking at some of your fruit trees and you see the curled up leaves, you know you have uh, some fire blight that needs to get pruned out. It's just really good just to kind of go out there and just do a 360 around the tree. Just just check for you know things that may be too close to your house. Um, you know, and maybe this is the time that you take a look at, you know, maybe taking something out because you, you need to start a new project or, you know, get that shed in or that garage, whatever it may be. Right. Yep. Or if it's overgrown or, or just not healthy. Right. And, and we're, we're definitely not in the business to remove trees. We're, we're in the business to, to create healthy trees. So, um, but there's times when you got to remove something, right. And that's, uh, sometimes the best advice yeah well so, sometimes you get that winter desiccation that's just that's too far gone that you know it's you just have to get it pulled out and uh, or it just might have been the right the, the wrong selection right from the start so you know get that pulled out and and then you know it's time to to put something more appropriate in but this time okay. of the year is also uh you know, pest, pest and disease time, right? Because the the weather's changing and, um, you know, the bugs are starting to come out. So there's there's definitely some things to to look out for. You know, we got oyster shell scale. We got birch leaf miner. We have spider mites, um, you know, the elm scale. There's just there's just so many pests and disease that, that start to, you know, ramp up here because the weather's changed. So, so for so for for the birch leaf miner, just maybe go over that one quickly because I think that one you do as an injection, right? Yeah, we do a systemic for it. Um, that's in late May, early June. Um, uh, so when you do the systemic, it uptakes the you inject it into the trunk of the tree, and then it uptakes the product within 24 hours. Goes right to the tops, right to the tips, and basically creates that defense for when. The babies hatch and and then they die off. That's that's the goal. Sometimes it takes a couple applications, or you have to continue that just to stay on top of it. 
but some of the birch trees that we have here, they're big and, and they're worth a lot of money. So, you know, that investment of doing that treatment is, is huge, right? Yep. And it is like, but it takes work. Like to to get, have a good healthy birch in Calgary, between doing the birch leaf miner, ensuring that they get enough water, is another big one, and then a good feeding program. Like because yep. you get a big tree with a lot of leaves, it, it takes a lot of water to get up the top. So when you see those birches that are missing the top third, typically that's just from not enough water. Like it's just, and then this winter desiccation. Yeah, they were meant to be planted by water, so you know we're in the prairies and we have we go through that drought. So you just have to be really diligent, due diligent on it, and make sure you're you're staying on top of that watering. And yeah, because you see that as you as you drive to Red Deer, when you get a lot more water around, you start seeing the birch again because that mm. that's their natural environment. So we we need to we need to add some more water once in a while. Absolutely. Okay. Um, um, what else? Go ahead, Mark. Um, so then we got the good old oyster shell scale. Um, so we have an entomologist that lets us know when the bug's in the crawler stage. Um, so we'll spray for that. Um, that's usually... Uh, Can you make a note and call in on that when you get I, that absolutely. notice? Absolutely. Yep. Because uh, I, I was mentioned to an earlier caller about that. Um, that you guys have a little uh, bug group that everyone keeps track of, sort of when the sort of like I said to it, like a fly fisherman, right? We kind of keep a track of the hatch of the different flies that are, are are coming up or certain bugs, so you know when to change your hook. But yeah. the same thing, you need to know when to change the what we're spraying for, right? Exactly, and then that's when the the shell is soft on the bug, and you can spray for it and actually have product be effective for it, um, and then. At the same time, too, you know, uh, sometimes you don't have to remove the whole hedge. You can just cut out some some sections and then um, then spray for it. But it's it's tough because it's not a one and done type of thing, right? Like you have to really, really be on top of it, and it's an ongoing thing that you have to be aware of. Yeah, because it, it it's because there's a ton of especially in the Katoni Aster where the hedges have been left for so long in Calgary, there's a lot of un, really unhealthy hedges that I'd love just to go along with a chainsaw and just chop them all down just to get rid of all that old scale, fire blight, all that stuff. Let them rejuvenate and let those ones just start fresh because a lot of that, it just when you leave those old shrubs and those old things, it just spreads disease throughout the whole city as well. Yeah, you you kind of hope that if you're doing stuff, um, you know, if you have a, a quick chat with your your neighbor that may have it as well, and everyone just kind of get on the same page and say, hey, let's let's deal with this as a whole, um, just because you'll have way better results, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And you guys have started your fertilizer program now. It's time to get the the fertilizer into the trees. Absolutely. So while uh, last week we actually started with lawns. Okay. Um, so we started our first lawn application, uh, and then this week we're starting uh, the the root injections. Uh, we're going to get in there and, and feed these trees and shrubs from you know a tough winter we just had. Uh, break up that soil compaction and uh, just expose some of those fine roots and get everything growing a bit stronger and help push push uh, the buds out and, and get some nice full looking. 
healthy trees. Awesome. And shrubs. And shrubs. No, absolutely. Hey, we can't leave out the shrubs, right? Exactly. So, <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for calling in, Mark. I appreciate your time. Yeah, and, no problem, Earl. Uh, I, I also did want to say uh, that this week, one of our our guys that's been with us for you know a little over a year, he's been in the industry for a while. Uh, he just wrote for his ISA, and and he passed, and so now we have another certified arborist on staff. His name, yeah. Is so, congrats Chris. to Chris. Yeah, Chris worked really hard at it, and uh, we're definitely super proud of him. And, uh, you know, if anybody's, uh, if we have him come out uh, to your place and you you have questions that need answering, Chris will be the guy to also help answer those. So big congrats. And that's something that's important. I know you you, you have a big safety program with your crews. Um, You also, we do promote, we do put a lot of our guys through school. Um, so we, we like when we see them when they go through that. And I loved what you told me the story when they were driving around. Chris was having the other guys rattle questions at them as they're driving around. So yeah, it's, uh, they, they would have the, the flash guards or whatever to ask questions, which is it, great, right? He was into it, and uh, and that's uh, that's awesome when you get the crew doing that kind of stuff. So yeah, 100%. You got to stay on top of things, and and the other guys want to learn too. So it's a a good tool for educating all your guys. So. No, and uh, at this time of year, you are, there's a bunch of companies that will be popping up and different things. So just be careful who you're, who you're going with. Make sure you get a good guy that's qualified. We have the ISA certified, and, and Mark comes out, and you pretty much do all the quoting. So Mark is looking at your trees for the most part, and then we, we have our crews that follow up. And uh, so you know you're getting up with a good crew out there. So. Absolutely, awesome. and and we love love to hear from people, and uh, we've been getting lots of feedback uh, from Google the last few weeks, and you know it's always good to get that that from the clients, and and hearing that uh, you know things have really turned around from from one being on the fertilizing program, and then you know having us coming coming in and touching things up now that they've been with us for a few years, so yeah, it's really really going well. Yeah, awesome. All right, well, thanks a lot, Mark. We'll take yeah, care. Hey, go, go Flames, go. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> playoff time. All right. <laughs> and yeah, I'm right. going to take a quick break. When I get back, I'll hit the phone lines. I apologize <laughs> if we went on a little bit long. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go right to the phone line. We're going to go to Terry. Good morning, Terry. Oh, good morning, Merle. Um, hey, how can I help you? What I would like to do, thank you. What I would like to do is buy a little potted loose spruce. Okay. Uh, I've taken and planted in my backyard flower bed, which is fair size. Lots of nice, rich, dark soil. How do I go about, do I, when I pull it out of the pot, do I break up the root ball? Do I bury it super deep? Do I plant no. it? No. Uh, you want to leave them up. You want to leave. So I wouldn't break up the root ball at all. You could just rub the outside just gently. Um, so what I would do is I would leave it two or three inches above the ground. Like So if the, if the pot is an eight inches deep, I would leave two inches out of the ground. And then just mound the soil up to it. They don't like to be planted too deep. And that's the one of the only trees that I would do that with. Um 
And it's just sort of, cause if you look at most of the spruce trees grown in the forest, they're always grown on hillsides. You very rarely see them on the low line part of a, of a meadow or anything like that. They're always up okay. on the hills for the most part. Okay. So, so I always I, mound my spruce up. I have um, a little crown, a little crown on the top of the, of the root ball, like kind of. Not yeah, too deep, and, and not just, too deep, little crown. Yep. And Leave the pot two inches sticking up, and then just mound the dirt up to it. So, yeah, and exactly. Boil, okay, and for watering, when I, when it first goes in, a nice yeah, big put, drink? Or? Yeah, absolutely. Good slow trickle, leave it in there, and depending on the size of pot you're doing. Well, um, what do you recommend? For, is there something that can take off? This is in memory yeah, you of my could do father. Like a... Like a five-gallon, two- or five-gallon pot would be great. Okay. And that's a uh, good-sized spruce. Just remember, that thing's going to get 15, 20 feet wide. That's right. And so ensure that it has enough room to grow. And might- and then you're good You're good to go. Like, Or if you want to start like some about five or six feet, you get into the 15 or 20-gallon pots. Yeah, no, and- we don't need that. But something I can bring home in the, in the trunk of my car, more or less. Yeah, awesome. Yep, five-gallon would be perfect. Um, a little bit and, of fertilizer on the birds to start, or no? Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't hurt. I would just use fifteen thirty fifteen or the Mike's program. So if you buy the tree um, at Spruce It Up, we typically all of our trees and shrubs have a two year warranty. If you want a five year warranty, you can buy the Mike's program. So you okay. buy the Mike's with the with the tree on the same receipt and that extends the warranty to five years so it makes a big difference it it really gets that you put the mycorrhiza right on the roots and this you rub the mics on the root of the of the of the pot and and then plant it right after that and then you don't need to fertilize for quite a while after that just ensure that you're doing the and when it heats up water it every couple three or four days put the hose on it let it soak in just that slow, deep watering, ensuring that you're getting the whole root ball watered. And I think you'll be uh, off to the races, Terry. Perfect. Thank and, you so much. And even a little bit of bark mulch is great underneath them. And make sure you have a tree well. Like if it's in a bed, which is great, or if you're cutting out a piece of grass, ensure that it's wider than the tree. Great. Perfect. I think I got it. That's all I needed. Thank you for your help. Awesome. Good job. Thanks, Bye-bye. Terry. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to go to Richard. Good morning, Richard. Okay, Richard's gone. We're going to go to Bev. Good morning, Bev. Hi, Hello? Bev. How can I help you? Hi, Bev. Hi, how are you? Good, good. How can I help you? I have a couple of questions. Um, I planted two purple san- purple leaf sanctuary bushes in large containers last summer. Okay. How how do I know when should I expect uh, them to start to bud out now? Like, how would I know if they survived the winter? Um, you should start seeing the buds swell in here pretty soon. Like, I'm looking out in my yard right now. My Schuberts are totally just pushing, like, the buds, but my Aspens haven't budded at all hardly. And yeah, same these with the hydrant. look like there's a tiny bud, and the branches are still pliable, but I can't tell if that's a bud. Yeah, it's or... still early. Like, it's still really early, so you get the next couple of weeks. But it oh. wouldn't hurt to go out and give it a shot of water right now. I've uh, been put the doing hose that on for it. the last few weeks. Perfect. With yep. this temperature being a little warmer. Yep. Okay, so give them at least a month here to see if they survived, and if they didn't, well, then I'll know that wasn't a good choice for the container. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, you have them in containers. I do. Yeah, it's going to be a tough go. Um, how like what size of containers? They're pretty large. They're okay, like a whiskey barrel size or bigger or smaller. I would say that big around, yeah. Okay. And about uh, two feet deep. Okay. Um, yeah. So what I would do next fall is this waterman really good in the fall and put bark mulch over top of the soil okay. just to really help keep them frozen. So what, okay. what kills things like in Edmonton, they can do that a lot easier than we right. can here. Cause in Edmonton, it stays frozen more with here. We get our Chinooks and that's oh. what kills. It's not the coldness that kills a lot of the trees and shrubs. It's winter desiccation, okay. freeze and thaw. And then they get dry and then there's nothing there for it, especially in a raised pot. And right. then they desiccate. Um, I did actually, so, when we had some mild days, um, I made sure that I did give them some water over the winter. And I actually mounted a bit of snow on them a couple times, okay, too. Perfect. And it was, you know, for that to slowly melt in. So would you say it should show within a month or so? And if it's not uh, If it's in a raised bud, pot, it should show sooner. I would oh, say in okay. the next two weeks. Like the Prunus family are one of the earlier ones that sprout out. And if you want to try something, if that doesn't work, go to a nine bark. Oh, okay. Um, the Diablo or one of the the purple leaf nine barks. There, oh. I very I don't use the purple leaf sanctuary a whole lot anymore. I find yeah. I get a lot of winter dieback even in the ground. Uh, yeah, I, I did I, read that about them. Yeah, so I prefer definitely the nine barks are a much nicer shrub, less okay. disease resistant. They grow better. They're just a lot better shrub. Like I, like I said, I don't recommend the the sanctuary a whole lot to people. So okay, good to know. And my right. next question is: It a good idea to top dress the soil on your lawn every year? Like, is that a good idea, or is it? It necessary? doesn't hurt. Yeah, it doesn't hurt, but it's something you don't have to. If you have a good, healthy lawn, um, what you could do is do a power raking or a dethatching at this time of year, okay. fertilize, and then if you want to throw. Uh, an inch or so of, of loam or something over top of your grass. What um, do you recommend for soil for that? <clears throat> just a good garden mix or a really good screened loam. Okay. It's just sometimes nice to have the garden mix because our loam has quite a higher clay content. Okay. So sometimes you add more clay to your and the problem you're trying to solve. Right. And uh, so, yeah. Okay, but if you, Even if you did it every couple of years, you'll be fine. And unless you're unless you find your like your grass really hard, um, then you might want to do a bit more. Um, okay. But if it's normal, I like I said, I wouldn't worry about top dressing a whole lot. Like just maybe every five years or something, if you wanted. If you're okay, using great. a green it up lawn fertilizer, you'll notice it'll it'll soften up and be nice and thick for you. Wonderful. Okay. Right. Well, thank you. That's everything. Perfect. Have a good day. You too. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, and I got a couple of texts here that I'll read before the end. Good morning. What is the best advice for keeping a caragana tree happy and healthy? Also, which is the best soil to put on our lawn? Well, I just answered that one, Aaron. Um, to keep a caragana happy, um, they they don't mind being trimmed up a bit. Um, and depending on what type of caragana tree, if it's the uh, Sutherland caragana, <clears throat> ensure that it's staked. 
and just watered well. A good root fertilizer with those 15, 30, 15. They tend to flop over is what I've noticed. Like when I see those, the Sutherland, I know the they've used them on boulevards and that sometimes. They just seem to flop over. So again, not my favorite tree for Calgary. They don't seem to have the best root system in our soil for that. But the other, like the common caragana, things like that are fine. It's just that Sutherland caragana. It, uh, it it tends to um, fall over on you, unfortunately. So ensure that it's it's really staked well, and then you're better off like that. And right now, I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I've mentioned a couple of weeks ago again, just um, I went to the knee clinic. It was on McLeod Trail, um, and they they do advertise on the station. So I'm not affiliated in any way, and I don't get paid to endorse or anything. But I've had quite a few people call and ask where I went. Um, so it's the knee clinic, and it's just off, it's right just off McLeod Trail, um, and they're great. Um, so they've sort of bought me a bunch more years before I ever need need replacement and things like that. So, um, I had the thing done where they pull some blood out and then they spin it, the platelets out, and then they add a product to it. And I had the knee injection that way, but they also, I also did the physiotherapy and stuff. So, um, if you're looking for that, uh, I know we had a few people call into the show and I had a bunch of people call the store asking as well. So I did go to the knee clinic and with great success. So thanks for the guys down there for, for looking after me. And I'm going to go to the phone line and I'm going to go to Janice. Good morning, Janice. Good morning. How can I help you? Well, uh, you're probably going to roll your eyes at this question. I'm not sure. <laughs> We're uh, busy cleaning up in our yard, and we have a lot of spruce trees. And, okay. of course, under the spruce trees is a bed of spruce needles. Yeah. And would it be okay if I went in there and just got rid of them all, like took the lawnmower with the bagger on it and just sucked them up? Or did yeah, they have to be there? They don't have to be there. Um, so what the tree is doing, it's adding um, those needles. They fall. It's sort of their natural way to recreate the forest floor. So there's a benefit to it because it helps. It makes it like a really uncomfortable um, place for bugs to go because it's all prickly, oh. right? Mm-hmm. Like worms and things crawling through. I don't know if you. I don't know what age you are, but the. I don't know if you remember the the brer rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Going through the briar patch, whatever. Yeah, I just yeah. remember my my sister used to read that to me when I was a kid. So I just I get flashbacks <laughs> when I think about that. It. It's kind of funny, um, but that bear rabbit. So it makes it really uncomfortable underneath there um, for them. So that's sort of what the benefit of that is. But that being said, if they get too much, they they definitely can get cleaned up. And you know what? Do you mind if I help you out with that? I'm going to give you a hundred dollar gift card to 1-800-GOT-JUNK. So if you're doing your big spring cleanup, um, <laughs> this will go towards helping you clean up those nasty needles. Okay. All right. All right. So That's excellent. Our, good, Thank our you. friends at, uh, at 1-800-GOT-JUNK, 
are going to help Janice clean her yard up. And if you need anything, you can all go to 1-800-GOT-JUNK, and they'll be more than happy to, to help you out as well. But, yeah, so, Janice, you can definitely do that. Um, bag it up and uh, and uh, and then do any other cleaning if you're going to have the our, our friends at 1-800-GOT-JUNK come by and, uh, and help tidy up your yard. So That's excellent. Okay, well, thank you so much. Yep. So when you do that, another thing to do is after you clean it out, what do you what do you plan to put underneath there? Like, did, are you going to well, put bark nothing. mulch? Or... I, I actually just like it to be bare and clean, neat. Okay. Uh, I, another I don't way like to do the that under there or anything like that because there's always spruce cones, sticks yep. falling, and then I'm cleaning them. They're harder to clean out of. Whatever you've yeah, got in the mulch, there. you really don't notice it. So that's sort of what I was going to suggest. If you put like a nice bark mulch in there, the needles kind of just fall in and mix in there, and then it really it's beneficial for your spruce trees because it holds the moisture in. Oh. So maybe rethink, maybe maybe look at yeah. doing like a bark mulch, like a shredded mulch, and uh, and just put that underneath your spruce tree because it it's really beneficial for the moisture. And then those needles just fall in there. They kind of just blend into the bark mulch, and okay. it, it is it is helpful and healthy for your for your spruce trees. Okay. okay all right. Well, well, I'm just going to put you on help. hold. All right. Well, we'll put you on hold, Janice, and uh, Renee's going to get your name and number, and we'll get you hooked up with that one uh, eight hundred Got Junk gift card. Perfect. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. All right. And where are we at for time? I got a bit of time. I'm going to go to Sylvia. Good morning, Sylvia. Hi, Merle. Uh, Hi there. I, plant, I planted a rhododendron last year. Okay. And um, it survived. Um, they still got all the dead leaves from last year, but the bark is green, so it's still alive. I was just wondering, anything I can do to encourage that back to, to growth? Um, and now? that should start sprouting up early, and that's unfortunately one of the issues with the rhododendron here is that they're an early riser typically they they come up a little bit too early for our weather All and right. they sometimes get winter die back on them because they they yeah, come up there's no growth on it yet but it's I, I, the bark is still green so it's healthy yeah i'll no. just expose it give it a little shot of water give it a, yeah. a little shot of 15 30 15 okay and 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 once it gets going, it does like the thirty ten ten a bit more, okay. um, um, a little bit more acidic for it. But uh, yeah, that's because I remember I've grown them a few times in different places, and yeah, they love they come last up. Year when I planted it, so I hope it comes back the same this year. Yeah, they're marginal. So, uh, what side of the house do you have it on? Uh, on the west west side. Okay, that it should be okay there. Just yeah. ensure that. Uh, um, give it some good water and see what it does here. But it should start sprouting up pretty quickly. Okay, then, Mo. Thank All right, you thanks, Sylvia. You're good welcome. Day. Bye-bye. Bye. You too. All right. If you want to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and... I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to go to Joanne. Good morning, Joanne. Good morning, Merle. Um, I've had a rhubarb in, in my yard for years and years and years, and um, 
it doesn't it um it's sort of divided itself a little bit and the back part of it is in the shade quite a bit is it too soon to divide rhubarb? no right now right now would be a great time to do that okay because they're, I, they're I nice a... and hardy and okay. uh this time of year would be perfect okay do you have to dig quite deep or you know not not really it? deep like no. try to get down as deep as you can, but you don't have to go crazy because it's a big bulb, and okay. and they don't mind being pruned up a bit. So just 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 try, like I said, try to get as much as you can, and then. But right now is perfect time. Oh, that's great because I'll be I'll put it in a whiskey barrel. Yeah, and it gets much more sun where I want to put it. Okay, and just. It's just hard to live in a whiskey barrel all the time. Like the same thing oh. I said in the winter time, um, oh. unless you ensure it gets watered really yeah. well, um, and especially going into winter. And if you can move it into the shade or something in the winter, um, yeah. and could this so it stays frozen because if you just leave it out there and the yeah. and the rhubarb doesn't have deep roots and if it's just out in the full sun in a barrel, it, the soil will dry out. And then yeah. the bulb will end up desiccating. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Uh, well, where I want to put it would be great. Like we have a lot of brick in the backyard, and when the sun from the west starts to set, and in the afternoon it gets quite hot. Yeah. So it is next to the house and quite shaded for you know morning. Yeah. yeah I and then sun, but just in the winter time, uh, yeah. if you can try to get it somewhere where it's just really shady, or make sure you put some bark mulch or something over top of it. And just yeah. so it stays frozen and throws snow on it over the winter, that's that's just the biggest thing. Like it because the like I said, the rhubarb isn't a really deep root, and no. if it's just sitting there on top, it will uh, end up desiccating that ball boat. Okay, well I appreciate that. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. All okay, right, have take a care. good day. You too. Bye bye. Okay, bye bye. All right, and I got a couple of texts here that I will read. Uh, Craig here. We have two apple trees we planted in 2020. They look well, look, they look well and looked good. The drought in early 2021 caught us off guard. I built an irrigation system in June and kept the water on them, but they never seemed to get caught up. Is there anything specific I can do this spring to help get them going? Um, I what I would do is try using bark mulch, and if you got an emitter system, ensuring that you do that slow deep watering. Um, leave them on like water for two or three hours. If you, it depends how many gallons per minute your emitters are. Um, so just ensuring you get in there and rage plus, I would definitely look at using that water. Well, put some rage plus on there right away here. And that really helps push life back into trees. Um, so that's definitely what I would, I would try to do with that. And, uh, hopefully that helps you out there. And I'm going to take a quick break. And we get back. I know we have some callers on there, and we'll hit the phone lines. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to go to George. Good morning, George. Good morning. Hey, how can I help you? Yeah, just uh, like, do you know approximately what the uh, life of a birch tree is? Um, a bird tree, if it's healthy, it can go up to fifty years or more. A white, a white birch. Yeah, if it's, yeah, definitely. Like the big old white birches, they can go. I've like I've seen them in some of the old neighborhoods, fifty, sixty years old. 
Um, yep, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was just wondering because mine, like, uh, mine's probably about 60 years old. Yeah. And, uh, like, what happens? Like, uh, uh, is it safe or what? Like, how is the root system or how can you check on that? Well, it, it, it's probably fine. Like, are you getting leaves right to the top and things like that, or is it looking a little bit? It's looking well. Basically, some of the branches are dying, uh, but the the bark is, you know, black. Yeah, and that that'll happen on the birch. So, what I would do though, um, George, is just ensure that you water it really well, especially right now. Like, if you get one of those drip hoses, the, yeah. like the leaky hose. Um, yeah put that all the way around the drip line and this give it really good water something like that you could probably water it like six hours at a time out of that leaky hose and just okay. get some really good water and a product called rage plus rage, birch okay. trees birch trees love rage plus um so i'd water it really well for a couple of days and then on a big tree like that i'd probably mix five or six of the five gallon pails out of the bottle of rage plus each bottle makes 300 liters of Rage Plus um, of the mixture, so um, so you, you get a lot of you get a lot of mix out of one bottle. So I would I would really give that tree a good chance right now, and then when it's leafed out, um, totally in the summer, um, give it a, a ar arborist a call, like give Mark a call, it prune it up because they need to be pruned in the summertime when they're fully leafed out. You can't prune them right now. Unless oh, okay. it's bad damage, because they'll bleed on you. Right. So I could, but I have a dead branch on there now. I should take that out, right? Okay. I'm sorry, I missed that. Yeah, I've got a a dead branch on there. I, I should prune that off. Yeah, that right kind now. of stuff you can take off. If it's dead, that yeah. can come off. Just if you're pruning into any kind of live things, it's it's um. It, it, they they will bleed on you until the when they're fully leafed out. Birch and maple, you need to prune them when they're fully leafed out. Okay, but when you say there's a probably a fifty sixty year life uh, span on yeah, and if it's tree. healthy, I'm sure they could go longer, right? Like that's kind of the, what we're seeing in Calgary. There's not many older than that, I guess. I mean, right. go down some of the older I guess in Mount Royal, I forget how fast time goes. Yeah. <laughs> so they're they're probably getting in that seventy, eighty or, or older now as well, right? So I see. So yeah. But it's not to worry about any like you know, sometimes we get a real strong wind here and uh, no, it's not gonna no, affect it, the root. No, not at all. No. Yeah. Totally fine. But that that water in the Rage Plus, um, and then also, if you're getting that birch leaf miner, the injections that that Mark and the pruned up crew do make all the difference. It just if you get that thing nice and healthy, you'll get years and years out of it. Okay, well, thank you very oh. much, Barry. All right, thanks, George. Yeah, bye. Take care. Bye bye. And that's with all your trees, right? It's just really looking after them, um, creating a good, healthy structure. And uh, I know Mark, he was out. Um, doing a pruning estimate and some he took a picture of a uh, of some trees that were just topped right and like it's just that is so bad for your trees it just causes the structure it just it just those trees are ruined and you can't glue those back on so before you cut really make sure that you know what you're doing or have somebody there that does know what they're doing and and sometimes 
the best pruning job is one that you can't even really tell. It'll look clean and healthy, but you don't necessarily need it to be topped off to say, hey, I got my money's worth. But right now, I'm going to go to Richard. Good morning, Richard. Oh, hi, Merle. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How can I help you? Uh, I've, actually, I've got, I've got a couple of questions. Uh, I okay. have two pots of hydrangea. And I'm okay. just, is it safe to have them inside a condo? Inside the house? I live in a condo, condominium. Yeah, yes. Yeah, you mean like one of the like one of the hydrangeas that you got for Easter or something like that? Yeah, I have two pots of them. Yeah, absolutely. They can stay in the house. They're they're like a house plant. Okay. What about are they safe for uh, are they safe for kids? Um, I would think. I don't think uh, you wouldn't want them to eat the whole thing with any of these plants. <laughs> But no, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I don't think it's gonna. Yeah, it's not poisonous per se. No. Okay. What about pets? Um, same thing. Like I, I don't foresee them eating it. I don't think it's not. It's not like it's a poisonous plant. Okay. But if they, if, they, if they ate the whole thing, they'd probably um, be out in the backyard making a bit of a mess. Okay. So they're not. They're, okay. So not. They're not fatal. In other words. No. No. Okay. No. And uh, yeah. So if you have those, you can keep them going. In the house, um, keep them in a nice bright spot, and okay. uh, and and keep them going in the house for a while for sure. Okay, and uh, uh, actually, I I read somewhere that they have some sort of a cyanide, or cyanide okay. peroxide or something in the plant. Yeah, I haven't read that, um, but again, uh, you're, I would just if you if you find some, do your own due diligence. And yeah. if you if you're worried about someone eating the plant, um, then definitely don't bring it in the house. Okay, but otherwise, if you do, if you don't touch it, it's it's fine. Yeah, totally fine. Yeah, absolutely. They don't have we sell thousands. Like they get know. sold. They sell thousands of them at Easter time every year. So. Oh, is that right? Okay, so there's no there's no airborne airborne uh, no. powder no. or whatever it is that to have no. comes out into the into the house or whatever. No, no, Excellent. no, no. Yeah. You're good to go. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Richard. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to go to Margaret. Good morning, Margaret. Hi, Margaret. Hi. Hi. Um, we have a problem with um, spruce mites. So a little over a year ago, we put in some really good-sized blue spruce up at Sylvan Lake, and okay. we lost them all last year to spruce mites. Now, we treated them with malathion. And that didn't help. They just turned this ready brown and died. Is there a hardier tree we should be putting in? No, spruce are usually really quite hardy. So <clears throat> spruce mites, um, like were they like spider mites on them or? Um, Brian, were they like spider mites? Yeah, they're spider mites. Yeah, so <clears throat> it's unusual that it it would have just totally killed them. Um, yeah. I would just again. I would just. Tr I would try them. Like sp spruce are usually really hardy. Are you creating a shelter belt or? Uh, well, it's long or just... so it's pretty sheltered. But they were, you know, there were seven foot trees that were transplanted, six or seven feet, beautiful trees. It was, but we had a, you know, it was really dry and hot. Uh, yeah, so I'd probably ensure that you make sure you get them water, especially planting them the first year. I would I would put a drip system to them or some sort of water system, ensure that the water's getting down low and like low like slow and deep, 
into the ground to make sure they're getting watered properly. And uh, and I'd be more concerned about spruce budworm. And and you can use, like, there's some great spider mite sprays, so just keep an eye on that. Usually it doesn't kill them like that. When they turn red, it sounds more like winter desiccation, like they got dried out. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, All right. You know, we tried, uh, actually, we had, it's a really clay soil. So yeah, which is fine. Spruce grow all the time in that. So I would put bark mulch underneath there um, and a drip system and just ensure that they're going. How tall were they when you started? Uh, six, six feet, feet, you said? Yeah. So those should have been totally fine. Like just ensure that they're watered properly. And, uh, and you should have a warranty if you bought them from somebody up there. Um, they should have a warranty on them for at least one year or so. Okay. All right. That's great. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Take Thank care. You. Bye-bye. All right. And uh, that's it for us for today. Um, happy gardening. We'll get our garden on right here next week on 770 CHQR.